is it? Thir- no, it's Thursday. Thursday already. Thursday the 14th. Oh, man. The world changed for me a little bit yesterday. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we're also talking about a big Tesla recall. Uh, dealer valuations. A statement by GM. And then another one. That we're just going to save that one. for the end. And before coming into the show, we're like, how do we talk about this in a way that... You know, kind of gives a little what it's due, but we're not, trying to get, we're not trying to get in trouble, but we're just you trying know, to speak the truth. We're, we are the Automotive Troublemaker podcast, but, you know, there's like a there's a fine line between trouble and in trouble. It, you know? <laughs> making trouble being in <laughs> trouble. I mean, the point is we love everybody that is involved in the industry. We love our OEMs. We love our dealers. We love our industry partners. We love even the new oh. entrants that are disrupting the whole thing. Right, Absolutely. we love the Teslas and Challenging the Carvanas the and the Fiskers and the Polestar. Absolutely, because yeah. it makes us all better. All right, so the world changed for me yesterday oh <laughs> because my and son, a lot of other people in Syracuse. Well, actually. absolutely, because my <laughs> son Miles, who is also an editor for us at Soto, got his driver's license, passed ah. his first driver's license. Nathan, we're gonna do something weird. Nathan, come up on the screen and pull him into the frame. He doesn't even know what's happening because Miles <laughs> is right next to you right now, isn't he? My, that kid oh, right there, a, that kid right there is a guy, licensed driver. Hide your guy, kids, hide your wives, driver. stay off the roads. But I don't even know what we're going to do with that. I just, I'm coming to Syracuse next week and I'm afraid. My I'm already we, afraid. I'm telling you what, though. My weekends, my evenings maybe just freed up a little bit. But Wait. no one no one is more excited about his license than his 14-year-old sister. Oh, with, oh <laughs> man. She's got plans. She's got plans. She's like, we're going to the mall. I'm taking you to the coffee shop. Oh, she's got great. so many plans for him. And, and her friends aren't old enough for Miles to want to hang around them. You know what I right. mean? Like, if she yep. was a year older, he'd be all about it. Right. right. Oh, oh that's amazing. Oh, uh, well, so next week, uh, everybody, you're going to be in Syracuse next I'm week. I'm going to Syracuse. Because maybe, maybe we'll have Miles drive you around. He'll be the chauffeur. No, he's not doing that yet. Um, but we're having our year-end extravaganza, our third annual year-end event uh, where we, you know, give a little review on what happened. We have a little look ahead. We have a ton of guests, special video content, uh, special interviews, a whole lot of fun lined up with, with a really fun segment. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Is it called Who Said It? Can we talk about this segment yet? And it's called Who Said It? And basically, we're going to give a barrage of quotes, and you're going to have to say who said the quote, either a historical, uh, you know, leadership figure or... Sean Fain. Sean Fain. And so, of course, that's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you join us. Best if, way to get there. If we didn't wrap the year with that, what would we be doing? <laughs> no, best. Maybe, maybe we could get him on the show. I doubt that. But doubt you never know. Um, if you know him or the office, reach out, have him call us. We'll get him on the show. Um, it's the best way to, to be a part of the action is just go to asotu.com right at the top of the banner. It'll link you right through to the LinkedIn live event. You can hit the attend button. Make sure you're there. We're also going to stream to YouTube, uh, but you need to be there next Wednesday and be in the comments. It's always yeah. a blast. Exactly. You have any right, other announcements? All right. All right. We got some news. All this license talking. What I, okay. Speaking of driving. Oh yeah. Stop. Oh, oh. Speaking of driving well or not. Uh, Tesla is initiating a recall, huge recall, 2 million vehicles amid concerns raised by the NHSTA that drivers may be misusing its autopilot system. Uh, The action comes as part of a two-year extensive investigation into uh, accidents uh, linked to the driver assistance technology. So basically, the nice thing for Tesla, it's like, oh, 2 million car recall, great, send, (laughs) right? Hit the send button. But their proposed software update basically is going to... uh, 
make alerts and visual cues more prevalent when autopilot is activated, making sure that the driver is still paying attention. In uh, one noticeable instance that has been under investigation, uh, the autopilot system failed to recognize the stop emergency vehicle in a Texas crashed, um, as shown uh, the Wall Street article that we linked up. You can link through and see the dash cam footage. Um, There's another one where uh, Tesla on autopilot crashed into a tractor trailer while traveling 70 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone. I'm pretty sure oh. that on autopilot, the the user sets the speed. I think. I think you get well, to tell it how fast you want it to go. But either way, despite concerns, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Tesla still maintains. They, they're like, look, autopilot use is safer than manual driving, and they cited internal data that back up that claim. They're like, hey, there there might be some accidents, but it's definitely safer. Well, this is anytime, anytime you have new technology, it's just going to come under the highest level of scrutiny. So every incident becomes highlighted. And mm-hmm. so, like, if you look across the broad scale of incidents, it it I I can see how their internal data can so show the safety rating uh, based on the total number of vehicles, total number of drives, all of that type of stuff. Um, I think, you know, this is still just a broader part of the big debate on who takes the onus in in an autopilot situation. Um, But uh, it's what I think is cool is that now you just get the ability to, again, hit the easy button. Say, here's a software update. Boom, down, update our systems, connect it to the right hardware, the right software so that we just get better over time. And this is the beauty of connected auto systems. Now. Here's the other part that I think is extremely important for dealers and dealer personnel today is as I went throughout my afternoon yesterday afternoon and this kind of came out, I just did a cursory overview of like how many people are talking about this. About what? About this particular oh, the, te- thing. the story. Every or- article, every news page, every uh, morning news station, every newsletter email. Front headline, top of the there, fold. Yeah. It is top of the full top like top fold before you scroll anything like that so the consumer base is going to be hyper aware of this situation so making sure that your team is hyper aware of the situation understanding how to communicate about it whether or not you have autopilot or a form of it in your vehicles or are competing with uh with teslas this is important for the people on the ground to know that is happening today because everybody's talking and thinking about it. Ah, man, that's great. Speaking of things that everyone's talking or thinking about, if you're a dealership owner, caveat there. Oh, Alan Haig's Q3. It's been too long since we've had Alan Haig on the show. I'm going to interrupt my own headline. (laughs) Alan Haig's Q3 2023 Haig report reveals uh, a significant shift in auto retail. Basically, dealer profits are declining, yet... Demand for dealerships remains robust. So here, he, this report is awesome. We link to it, the LinkedIn version of it in the article here, but basically takes us on a little bit of a walk down memory, memory lane. So basically, follow me. Prior to 2019, dealership profits steadily rose every year, right? We can see the profits going up. In 2019, they were an average of 1.9 million per store. On March 11th, 2020, the World Health Organization declared a pandemic. In Mar- two days later, president declared an emergency. Two days later, states started shutting down. So everybody remembers that. We got home from NADA within two weeks. Some of us were like at home. So, which actually is when a soda started. Um, basically, that happened. Now, in 2020, that same year, profits went from 1.9 million on average to 2.9 million on average. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, so that that is that increased 50% one year. By 2022, average profits are now or were 6.5 billion. Hit the button. Hit the button. All right, so we've gone from 1.9 million in 2019 to 6.5 million in 2022. And now we've seen a drop in 2023. What they're predicting is the average is going to be 5.4 million. So if you're good at so math, not that bad. that's still like more than double. <laughs> two and a half X. Yeah, yeah, two and a half X. But everyone's feeling a little grumpy lately, right? right? About yeah. profitability, but you know, short memory. So basically, uh, 2023, Haig says most active year third most active year in buy sells with, you know, 2021 and 2022 being the first two, uh, saying buyers are showing a marked preference for top franchises and sought off after markets, right? They're trying to get the gems. Negotiations between buyer and sellers are getting more challenging because everybody's opinion of what the store is worth, right? It ain't 2022 anymore. It's 2023. Yep. So there's some conflict there. And Haig said, uh, one fact that buyers and sellers can agree on is that life remains pretty sweet in auto retail. That's that's just, that'll warm your heart right before Christmas. It you doesn't know, feel headed, like that sometimes with some dealers I've talked to. It feels it kind of grumpy. Like yeah, it feels grumpy. And I would I would challenge people to pay attention to this, the, the fact that like we as an industry seem to forget very quickly what the past looked like. This is the other piece. And and this was like a little mark and, and, and it's in our notes here that the attraction for buyers is not on dealers in failing markets or small domestic franchises. Right. It's in powerful, high volume, high profitability stores. Yeah. You look at just yesterday or Tuesday, uh, Asbury completed the transaction for Coons. Coons, a top um, top 10 in revenue. Uh, it was a $1.2 billion transaction, including real estate and, and all the IP like that's, that's not going after some side market. That's a DC market with high volume dealers and sound operational structure, yeah. good tech, right? Like they're trying to exactly. integrate the best operators into their ecosystems to Wild. make, to be even stronger. Um, so uh, thanks again for Alan putting together these great reports. Um, that walk down memory lane brought a lot of perspective and is actually going to help me in a lot of conversations because again, Absolutely. like nobody likes to go backwards, right? No. But the general realization is like, actually look how far Still we've come ahead. in a time yeah. when most other businesses went backwards. Right. Automotive went forward. How about That's that? That's true. How about that? Uh, speaking of moving things forward. And how about Stop. that? Time. Speaking of how about that? All right. Let's try not to get in too much trouble on this. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, chronicled the, the decision by GM to word. discontinue the support for Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and their vehicles. And it's not just faced our criticism, but broad criticism uh, in media. Um, despite obvious business motivations behind this move, recent remarks by Tim Babbitt, GM's head of infotainment product, in an interview with Motor Trend, have only intensified the conversation. So um, here's a, a couple of the anecdotes there. The problems are particularly pronounced with Android Auto due to the challenge of validating the wide variety of Android devices and their updates, making system compatibility and performance inconsistent. So that's like, I feel like that's just like a general knowledge thing on. Well, Android. actually, you know what? I just realized <laughs> that in, in we didn't include a really important piece in the show notes. And it's what he said. Basically, yeah. what he said was that we're going to discontinue those because they are 
way less safe. They are unsafe to use right. and they cause distracted driving and GM's infotainment system is easier to use and easier to use. Doesn't. Right? Like yeah. that's the premise of the story. Yeah, which is <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, our thing, we know we're not software people. Uh, but our software is way easier to use and causes a lot less distracted driving. Um, here's uh, uh, after this Motor Trend article was released, GM issued. Here's this qu clarifying statement after they said it's way more risky to have these technologies. So we wanted to reach out to clarify that comments about GM's position on phone projection were misrepresented in previous articles and to reinforce our valued partnerships with Apple and Google and each company's commitment to driver safety. GM's embedded infotainment strategy is driven by the benefits of having a system that allows for greater integration with the larger GM ecosystem and vehicles, i.e. we want subscription revenue. I know what happened. That red phone <laughs> under the little cake topper in the PR department just started blowing up. And they were like, Bingo. yo, we need a statement now. We need a Here, statement. Here's the bottom line. Like, granted, you got to be passionate about your product. The reality is there's been a lot of pushback because people love using Apple CarPlay. It's one of the first things people consider when they buy a car. How does the Apple CarPlay or Android Auto interact with the car? I plug it in, it's right there, it's familiar, the icons are familiar, the functionality is yep. familiar. And so to come out and say like, yeah, you know what, that causes distracting driving. The one that we're making or that we made is like, is better than that. That is a, that's a, you're never gonna come back. You're never gonna be able to defend that. You're never gonna ever. be able to defend that. And it's all still on a screen. It's 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 more about like, well, and, and here's my thing is how many clicks, how many button presses, how many- What else is in the way? Does it right. take to get in the way of me accomplishing what I need to, to keep focusing on driving? Still a lot of questions to be had around that on infotainment systems. And there's a couple of players that are doing it really well with these two technologies. So we'll see what GM comes up to after all this hub up. I know. We love you, Tim Babbitt. We love you, GM. We hope you make the best infotainment system ever and on the face of the planet. And that we hope it's better than Apple and Android. We just have our doubts right now. <laughs> One thing yeah. we don't have any doubts in are the men and the women that are on the front lines serving customers today, getting in the vehicles, fixing vehicles. Go do some of that and uh, we'll keep our confidence high.